we're dealing with here on coming out of isolation. Um, me and isolation, that has always been like my run to place, I guess, just maybe naturally as an introverted per person, but also because of a lot of the trauma I faced, like I didn't want to voice it with anyone, so I would just step it and just hide. Um, so I kind of got a breakthrough, um, yeah, that Friday at worship night, we were all just praying and talking, and Joe was breaking down about how we should just be more united, and I know that, but it's such a comfortable place to be, like, in my own little bubble by myself with God, um, and God was reminding me that we need each other, um, yeah. and it was, yeah, it was amazing, I was able to come in, and Lavani prayed for me. And as she prayed for me, I just felt like a weight shift off of me, like lift off of me. And then I was able to come in and I was able to pray and get encouraged. And like we were all moving and working together like the body should. Um, so it was just a blessing. And in that moment, I was like, okay, God, I don't want to stay isolated. I don't want to keep suffering in silence. Um, I'm sharing my phone. Can everybody hear me okay? I don't like talking to the but <clears throat> okay. Suffering in silence. Sometimes I just want to drown out all the pain and suffering. My trauma aches like swollen muscle. In an attempt to protect myself, I panic and push away those who mean most to me. I don't want them to know I'm suffering. In silence, when things are quiet, it seems my mind screams the loudest. I wonder if I'm insane when constant worry comes pouring like a flood of rain. The smell of rain seems to calm me in that still place of refreshing. Then I don't feel so alone in my troubles. Just as the heart pulse can be felt. I know Holy Spirit knows my heart and shared my suffering. See, even when I'm lonely, I'm never really alone. I no longer want to suffer in silence. I want others to see my downfalls so that they can know our greatest struggles can also be our best success. Amen. Amen. Thank you again. Let's give her another another snap. 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 Amen. So some people have asked me, you know, why are we doing this particular study? Um, and I think it's important just to kind of share that over the last 15 years of ministry, I've encountered hundreds of Christians that struggle to hear from God and to accept God's compassion and his love and his long suffering towards them. This study, we want to equip, we want to encourage, um, and we want to build up the body of uh, Shore Foundation so that, so that we're enabled to be able to 
as a congregation, receive God's love, hear God's voice, but then be able to go out and help others. And so there will be a certificate of completion at the end of this because um, it's a it's a training as well as a class. And so the, the goal is that you walk away with the tools to be able to help uh, one another uh, in these these difficult times. And so as we get started, we're going to start with um, what is emotional abuse. Um, so the first thing that you have to know about emotional abuse, uh, abuse is that it's any ongoing negative behavior used to control or hurt another person. Now that's pretty wide, but it's for a lot of people, you got to know that emotional abuse is not accidental. It's usually intentional and it's ongoing. And the purpose is to hurt. The purpose is to control other people. Uh, sometimes we, we engage in emotional abuse out of our own hurts. Amen? Out of our own uh, areas where we have suffered. So we find ourselves trying to control other people. And hurting people do what? Hurt people. That's just, and it sounds like a little stupid saying, but it's really true. It's really true. We hurt people from our hurting places. And so we've got to be very careful there. Um, number two, emotional abuse, or as it's called, psychological mistreatment, uh, are scar scars the spirit of the one being abused. Um, this is important because when your spirit is scarred, it makes it difficult for you to deal with life. Um, let me, everybody got a Bible out? Anybody got Bibles? This is a Bible study, so we are going we are going to get in the Word, so make sure you you got a Bible. Um, can someone get for me um, Proverbs seventeen twenty two, and then somebody else get Proverbs eighteen fourteen. So seventeen twenty two, Proverbs seventeen twenty two twenty two, and then Proverbs eighteen fourteen. All right, who's got what? All right. Loud and proud. Okay. <clears throat> Proverbs first, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. A merry heart does good like medicine, but broken spirit dries the bones. Yes. And so a merry heart, that means the ability to laugh and have a good time. When people have been emotionally abused, laughing and having a good time is one of the toughest things to do. I mean, let's be, let's be real. Let's be honest about this. You don't feel like smiling because you don't feel like there's anything to smile about. You don't feel like laughing because you don't think anything's funny. Because life has been tough. You know, and in the, I believe it's the New Living Translation, it says a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And so dry bones are brittle. Now think about that. Dry bones are brittle. That means the person is fragile. Oh, y'all, man. Come on, man. That means the person is brittle. They're fragile. They're easily offended, easily hurt, easily broken because they're wounded. But a merry heart does good 
like a medicine. It restores. It brings life back. That's why sometimes people just need to laugh. You need to get them somewhere and be like, you know, I don't feel like it. But they get to laughing and, and all of a sudden the, the life comes back in. All right. Um, who's got Proverbs 18, 14? Go ahead. Loud and proud. It's kind of, yeah. The spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness, but who can bear a broken spirit? The spirit of a man will sustain them in sickness. Now, now listen to that. Listen to that. The spirit of a man. So even when your body is sick, if your spirit is strong, you can sustain. Wow. Wow. A lot of people who have a strong spirit heal quicker. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, y'all not saying nothing. Oh, God. People with a strong spirit can heal quicker. They'll bounce back quicker. I, I remember uh, when, when uh, uh, I had got, we, the whole house had got COVID. And I was determined. I was like, I am not going to be down in this COVID. <laughs> By day three, I was jogging and doing push-ups and jumping jacks. And I was like, who are you messing with? You know, because I was like, I got to get back to doing stuff. I got to. And so my spirit was strong. Jesus said it like this, that the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. That, 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 that the flesh is weak. And because the flesh can't really take much, but the spirit of a man, the spirit of a man will sustain them. But a crushed spirit, who, who can bear with a crushed spirit? And so we're talking about emotional abuse. Emotional abuse crushes the spirit, takes your, your, your desire, your want to out of you. I don't know, have you ever been there where you just didn't want to? It didn't matter what it was. You didn't want to go to work. You didn't want to talk to nobody. You didn't want to go nowhere. You just did not want to. You didn't want to go to Bible study? You didn't want, definitely didn't want to go to Bible study. Don't talk to me about God right now. I don't want to hear it. Don't try to encourage me. I want to be down. Have y'all ever just wanted to? Maybe it's just me. When you really, when you, man, when you really crush, you just want to be down. You like it. Like, this, this is, I just want to be down. All right? All right. So number three, emotional abuse can be passive aggressive. Sometimes this is the most insidious of them all. Because the person is acting as if they don't got a problem with you, but yet they're, 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 they're they're purposely doing things to get you off track, to frustrate you, to make you feel less than or low, to play on your insecurities. Huh? This is this is what it looks like to because that passive aggressiveness is that stuff that is behind a smile. It's behind the I love you. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Those are the ones that hurt. Number four. Number four, emotional abuse can be can be either covert or overt or covert. 
overt or covert. Overt rejection conveys the message that a person is unwanted or unloved as when uh, one is belittled as a child. And so you're always belittling them. You're always tearing them down. And it makes them feel unwanted or unloved. Covert rejection takes place in the subtle or subtle ways that may or may not be intended to cause harm by the perpetrator as one is ignored. Now, some people ignoring me would be worse than cussing me out. It just depends on how you're wired, right? Yeah. You know, I'd rather you engage with me and be mad than to just be indifferent. Indifference is scarier because when a person is indifferent, they're like, well, whatever. If you die, you die. Who cares? So who, who cares? Well, you're not mad at me? Nope. That, that, that can be very abusive, especially if it is intentional. A lot of times it's unintentional, but if it's intentional, that means a person is purposely doing this to crush your spirit. Okay, look at a couple more scriptures. Um, somebody grab for me Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 9. And then somebody else grab the Gospel of John chapter 6 and verse 37. And if you could, you got you got electronic, read that to me out of the NLT. If you got the John. The Ecclesiastes 7 9. Ecclesiastes 7 9, you got it? What? Yeah, amen. Okay, I was just saying oh. Ecclesiastics wrong. Oh, okay. I won't call it Ecclesiastics, but Ecclesiastes. Amen. All right, Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and the verse number 9. All right, God bless you. Ecclesiastics, come on, come on. Just read. read. Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry, mm -hmm. for anger's rest in the in the bosoms of fools. Mm. Keep going. Do yeah. not say where the former days are better than these, for you do not inquire wisely concerning this. Okay, so do not hasten. Do not be in a hurry to be angry. Because that rests in the bosom or the chest or the heart or the inner man of fools. Now, understand this is that when a person can't control their anger, they can't control themselves. It's, it's, it's a symptom of a larger problem. People who struggle with anger probably struggle with all kinds of other uh, uh, lack of discipline type things. Overeating, whatever, you know, over overdoing everything. They just, they can overdo stuff. And so this is why you want to be careful with anger. Because anger seems to be a response that we feel very comfortable with. 
We'd rather be angry than sad. That's real. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. That's real. I'd rather be pissed off than to be crying. Because that feels safer. Right? That feels safe because I'm I'm angry. Maybe I can protect myself. Which is a sign of trauma. Right? It's a sign that somewhere along the line you've experienced something that hurt you and you're trying not to allow it to hurt you again. And so your response is to repel it and to reject it and to do it through anger. Are you with me? Uh, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 37. Says, however, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. God will never reject you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. People have rejected you. People that say they have loved you have rejected you. But He's promising that if you belong to Him, He'll never reject you. Because the disciples that He had, he, he, even the one that was going to betray Him, He didn't reject them. The one he should have rejected from our point of view, he didn't reject. He said, I, the ones you gave me, I, I, I kept them and I'll never reject them. And so if we belong to him, we'll never be rejected. Amen. And so we have to understand that rejection is, 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 a, is a very devastating form of abuse. And there's a lot of scars, there's a lot of trauma from rejection. People, people begin to feel abandonment. Uh, people feel unwanted, unvalued. They begin to feel uh, as if they are inferior. They struggle with uh, insecurities. And it leads to all kinds of acting out. And you wonder, why are you acting out? Why do you lash out? Why do you struggle with these addictions? Why, why do you why do you dive into unhealthy relationships? Oh my God. And all this is a sense that you have been rejected. Question. No, it's a comment. Comment. I was think, just thinking about the younger generation and their um, the younger generation and their attachment to social media, such as YouTube or anything that moves and gets their attention. But a lot of what that happened was the parent just handed it to them to keep them distracted, which is kind of what you're talking about. And it creates a trauma because then those kids grow into ADHD and can't sit still in school. And it stemmed from the traumatic of being ignored and rejected and just handed this device to entertain yourself. Wow. Wow. On point. On point. Wow, Amen. Wow. Mm -hmm. On point. Oh, okay. Amen. All right. So we're going to do some reading together. Now, let me forewarn you. The passage that we're about to read can be triggered because there's a lot in this particular passage, okay? Um, we're going to be reading the story of Tamar. Um, and in the story of Tamar, we're going to be looking for a few things in this particular story. And so we're going to be taking note of certain responses. And so if you're taking notes, make sure you have your note-taking equipment because I'm going to be calling on you 
to give your uh, your responses. Okay, so we're going to be looking at Tamar's response. We're going to be looking at David, her father's response, and we're going to be looking at Absalom, the brother, Ammon, and Jonadab. Jonadab. All right. So we're going to be looking for these responses. Okay, um, and how they deal with this. Now this is, and I'm telling you. It could be very triggering, so I want you to prepare yourself because this is, it has a lot of very um, difficult things to, to read through, especially how this young woman was treated, okay? And so as we read through this, uh, I want you to be taking notes of these responses, and then we're going to go through it, and we're going to be looking at overt and covert rejection uh, throughout this particular passage, okay? So let's get, um, I guess let's get one good reader to read through it, and everybody's going to follow along. So uh, anyone anyway, want to volunteer to be my reader? Willie. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that call. I know. You could be all that. Oh, you got him. You could be all that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. He said, Vito. All right, focus up. Focus up, focus in. We are looking at 2 Samuel chapter 13, verses 1 through 29. 2 Samuel chapter 13, verses 1 through 29. All right? Read it loud and, 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 and really, you know, enunciate so that we can follow along. Amen. After this, after this, after this there we go. Absalom, the son of David, had a lovely sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Amnon was so distressed over his sister Tamar that he became sick, for she was a virgin. And it was improper for Amnon to do anything to her. Okay, pause for a second. So these are both David's sons, okay? And this is his daughter that we're talking about. So just so you know what's going on here. All right? Go ahead, read on. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother. Now Jonadab was a very crafty man. And he said to him, why are you, the king's son, becoming thinner day after day? Will you not tell me? Amnon said to him, I love Tamar my brother Absalom's sister. So Jonadab said to him, lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. And when your father comes to see you, say to him, please let my sister Tamar come and give me food and prepare the food in my sight that I may see it and eat it from her hand. Okay, stop. Jonadab, this dude's a mess. Right. He's he basically saying we're gonna set this thing up so that she's gotta come in there with you alone. He's setting her up. Come on, read. Then Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill. And when the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, Please let Tamar, my sister, come and make a couple of cakes for me in my sight, that I may eat from her hand. And David sent home to Tamar, saying, Now go your go to your brother 
Amnon's house and prepare food for him. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was lying down. Then he took flour and kneaded it, made cakes in his sight, and baked the cakes. And she took the pan and placed them out before him, but he refused to eat. Then Amnon said, have everyone go out from me. And they all went out from him. Stop. Y'all see what's going on, right? It's a setup, right? Instead of him eating the cake, he's like, oh, yeah, I can't eat. Uh, get everybody out. Let Make everybody leave. Read. Then Amnon said to Tamar, bring the food into the bedroom that I may eat from your hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them to Amnon, her brother, in the bedroom. Now when she had brought them to him to eat, he took hold of her and said to her, come lie with me, my sister. But she answered him, no, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing should be done in Israel. Do not do this disgraceful thing. And I, could I take my shame? As for you, you would be like one of the fools in Israel. Now, therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. However, he would not heed her voice, and being stronger than she, he forced her and lay with her. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly. So that the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. And Amnon said to her, Arise, be gone. So she said to him, No, indeed, this evil of sending me away is worse than the other that you did to me. Wow. But he would not listen to her. Then he called his servant who attended him and said, Here, put this woman out, away from me, and bolt the door behind her. Now she had on a robe of many colors, for the king's virgin daughters wore such apparel. And his servant put her out and bolted the door behind her. Then Tamar put ashes on her head and tore her robe of many colors that was on her and laid her hand on her head and went away crying bitterly. And Absalom, her brother, said to her, Has Amnon, your brother, been with you? But now hold your peace, my sister. He is your brother. Do not take this thing to heart. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. But when King David heard of all these things, he was very angry. And Absalom spoke to his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad. For Absalom hated Amnon because he had forced his sister Tamar. And it came to pass, after two full years that Absalom had sheep shears and Baal Hazar, Hazar, which is near Ephraim. So Absalom invited all the king's sons. Then Absalom came to the king and said, kindly note your servant has sheep shears. Please let the king and his servants go with their servants. But the king said to Absalom, no, my son, let us not all go now, lest we be a burden to you. Then he urged him, but he would not go, and he blessed him. Then Absalom said, if not, please let my brother Amnon go with him. And the king said to him, why should he go with him? But Absalom urged him. So he let Amnon and all the king's sons go with him. Pause. So now the reverse is happening. Absalom 
the setting of Abnon, Ab Abnon, and he's getting ready to get him alone. Read. Now Absalom had commanded his servant, saying, Watch now, when Abnon's heart is merry with wine, and when I say to you, Strike Abnon, then kill him. Don't, do not be afraid. Have I not commanded you? Be courageous and valiant. So the servants of Absalom did to Amnon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose, and each one got on his mule. So Absalom waited two years to get his revenge over what Amnon did to his sister. So let's let's talk through this. Uh, Joe, that's what okay. So it's a uh, David's brother's son. Shami is his brother. Jonadab is his son. So it's their cousin, I guess. Oh man, cousins are a mess, aren't they? Anybody got some messed up cousins that that got you into some stuff? Because this is some deep stuff. So let's look at let's look at um, let's look at David first. Let's look at the dad. What's his role in all this? What what was his response in all of this? Yeah. Hmm? Not shouting out hands. Yeah. TC. Well, he was angry. He was angry. About what happened the mm -hmm. He had some questions, he had some concerns, but it's just like he didn't like really, according to scripture, it looks like he didn't like really enforce them, but he had some questions and concerns. But he, he, didn't, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. Um, were you going to say that, Nikki? No, I was just going to, you said, what is David's role? Like, why did he feel comfortable sending his daughter alone over there anyway? I mean, I know it's his brother, but still. Her brother. Her brother. I mean, her brother. But I think that's what it was. I think he had no thought that anything was going to go down. Anything else about David and his response? All right, let's. Absalom. Absalom must be the older brother. Has to, has to be. I don't know what they're. You, do you know what order they're in? Ty? Amnon is the oldest. So Absalom is. His younger. His younger brother. So David had kids. David had kids. Mama Hill. We got somebody on Zoom. Mama Hill. Hello, you guys. Hello. I, was, uh, I just wanted to respond, like, with, well, with Nikki. Uh, I I'm I'm reading this and I'm hearing this and I and I'm kind of like her. I'm like, was David nice or something? It's like, why would you send your I mean, just the way he requested for his sister to come so he could eat from her hand. Ah. Something's <laughs> off, huh? Something was off with that. With David. That, you know, so that's all I wanted to say. I'm like, I couldn't, I'm like, did he just really? <laughs> Just didn't care, or I just but I knew what kind of person David was, so let me leave that alone. <laughs> right. 
Well, yeah, it, 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 and it's tough. And it's from the person's point of view reading this, what your thoughts are on the individual. That's why I wanted to hear different people's perspective on David's response here. Because I was going to say, if because uh, if um, Joe had was pretending to be like that and he requested for Shantae to come and me as a well, it wasn't the mother, so it was the dad. I would have like, boy, what 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 are you thinking about? No, I'm not. No, no. <laughs> but do you think David knew he was pretending? No, no, I, I, no. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. But at the at the way that the question was that he for his sister, it seemed like he would have been like, um. Uh, why would you want your sister to come cook food in front of you and eat from her hand? Now, now and you got servants that can do all of that. Yeah. Right. That's I would obviously, that. obviously, this must have been something normal yeah. because he really didn't think too much of it, right? No, he didn't. He didn't. Mm -hmm. he didn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Ty, did you have your hand up? I was just going to say, though, that in, 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 it, it's easy for us to to question David because of the action, but like you said, it's more common than not, right? Um, for one, um, David is following his own thoughts and convictions to allow it in the sense of how many wives did this man have? Right. So it's not much to think of women just being around doing what women do. And then you take the thought of this is your sister, you know, that this is not going to happen. Right. Something like this wouldn't happen. They're siblings. Right. And then I, I also think about the, the further thought of uh, because the question was in regards to David's reaction. Right. Not like his intention. Right. His reaction. reaction. Yeah. Um, I, I really do think, though. His reaction is based from his own emotional abuse, right? Mm. But uh, one of the things I also look at is that if this had been an intruder into David's kingdom, the reaction would have been death for the man. Yeah. And so I find it quite discouraging that even though he was angry, no action was done and it really tells you how torn he was between his children. Do I kill my son to avenge my daughter or do I simply deal with my daughter and then I'll personally talk to my son later? Which he ended up doing none of that. None of it. Because it would drive you crazy. He, was, he ended up being in such a difficult spot that he didn't do anything. Right. And any other thoughts on David? Akila? He was passive. He was very passive. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Now, Absalom. No, let's let's look at Ammon. Let's look at Ammon. This this guy is supposed to be sick. Mm. <laughs> He's supposed to be sick, number one. Which, yeah, he was sick. <laughs> he, he would, he, he, yeah, he was sick. Number two, just the fact that obviously there's something different in this culture 
for him to openly express that he desires his sister. Now, is she like a half sister or something? She is half sister. She's a half sister. She is Absalom's. This is my Old Testament guru right here. She is Absalom's full blood sister. Absalom. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. So her and Ammon are half, but Absalom is is full blood. Okay. Father. Yes. So Absalom and Tamar have the same father and mother. Right, but Ammon, Ammon and Tamar. Tamar have the same father. Have the same they father. Still have the bloodline. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wrong is wrong. Wrong is right. It'd be wrong anyway, but yes. But wrong is wrong. Wrong is wrong. Right. They do still have the same blood. Yeah. Yeah. So wrong is wrong. And but in biblical times, it wasn't as clear as that. Let me just be honest. Well, because yeah. in, my eyes, in, right. in our eyes, in our eyes, in yes. Our eyes, right? yes. But, but, but in, in, in biblical times, sometimes to preserve, if it was a rain. But it would have to be like a rain. Like if Emma had actually said to his dad, I want to marry my sister, it would be a different thing, right? But part of the issue is that Emma is the next in line. He is the successor. Right. So along with what you're seeing as some emotional turmoil between David and his children, but you also see a form of favoritism. Right? Because this is my successor. And so there's he gets what he wants as the next in line to the throne. So if he wanted a woman, hello David and Bathsheba. Yeah. He takes the woman. So you can kind of see where, you know, Auntie Kathy, you're saying it's in the bloodline, but more so is the behavior that's taught. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Wow. Because you're taught royalty and get whatever you need. So, so I got a little bit still not right. So, so, but yet he's, he, yet he's being deceptive, right? Yes. I, you know, not that it's okay if he just came right out, but He's going to play sick and set up this whole scenario. Some people would say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Because David did some shady putting together, strategizing in his own life. And what it tells you is that if unchecked, these behaviors can keep happening in a family. Yeah. So there, there, there's a there's a lot here, not just this story, but we see more to it because of what it what it ends up running into is that because David David set up a man to be killed, took his wife, impregnated her. I mean, there there's some stuff going on in this family. Jonadab. What do y'all think about him? Crap. Mama Hill. I was just gonna say real quick, I uh uh when you was talking to uh, Miss Ty was saying uh about uh what's his name? Ab Abanon, Ab whatever his name is. One with the A. It's like it's pretty obvious to me, you know, uh he knew that he was doing 
what he was doing was wrong because wrong, just right. like she said if he if he was in love with his sister then he you know his half sister why didn't he go to his dad and say you know what i love my i love your daughter and i want to marry her so he knew he was wrong he, he was up to no good yeah no good all right I'm and, and his partner his cousin yeah. his cousin what y'all think about him come on hands there you go. Right. Got conniving over here. Rifling. Trifling. Um perhaps sneaking. Devious. Devious. Yeah. He's, 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 he he that he that person that you see in them in them in the movies that be setting people up. Y'all ever seen the movie Old Fellow? With Makai uh Makai Pfeiffer? And he's like that white boy set me up. <laughs> what was his name? What's, the, what's his name? What's the Josh? Josh Hartman. Hartnett. Hartnett. Yeah. Oh man, he set him up bad. Yeah. He set him up so bad. He ended up killing his girlfriend over yeah. something she didn't even do. Right. And that's that's Jonadab's role in this. He is bad. Go ahead, Nikki. It's like you were saying it could even be like you may have a jealousy because. Their dad is the king. Mm -hmm. I'm just the cousin. Right. So that's right. He's stirring up some stuff on purpose. Right. Like, oh, we're going we gonna to stir up some drama here. We're going to have their whole house messed up. We're going to have them infighting. Right. Yeah. So, what about Tamar? What about Tamar? <laughs> Lamb sent to the slaughter. Yeah. 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 Set up, rejected, Mazzini. Well, you you know how she felt. Yeah. The 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 coat of many colors that she wore that, that represented her virginity. That hit hard. She ripped that thing. She threw dirt on her head, and she basically was shamed. And she said this to him before he did. Like, look, you can't do this. Right. You can't do. Why would you bring this type of shame? Yeah. And she didn't just say on her. She said on in all of Israel. Yeah. This is bigger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Uh, Ty and then Minister Mike. I, I would say Tamar feels unheard. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and the reason that I would yeah. say she feels unheard is not just because of that, that in the room, he's not listening, he's not paying attention, but the scripture says that Amnon was vexed right over her and so that means that there was some form of outward uh you can notice yeah right and so the fact that i don't read that she's able to actually go to her father and say that this guy is stalking me or making me feel uncomfortable or or, or 
or causing some sort of inconvenience for me suggests an abandonment or neglect in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And so she's not just unheard from her brother, but she's unheard from her father. And the fact that as the story reads, it seemed like everybody knew about it. Everybody knew about this. People heard about it way over here and way over there. And Absalom said, well, I'm going I'm to I'm deal with it. Two years, he plotted this thing out. He contemplated. He, he picked one, a perfect time to strike back. But here's the thing. This whole situation leaves a whole bunch of people with trauma. There's a whole bunch of people here with trauma. And there's a family that's just wrecked. Right. Family that's just wrecked. All forms of abuse end up becoming emotional. Yeah. Mm. I don't care what it is, sexual, physical, verbal, they all impact you emotionally. Mm. And you have to understand that many people don't think we should talk about our feelings. Many people don't believe you should talk about how you feel about certain things. And so I want you to write down how reading through this makes you feel. Just take a few minutes and write down how reading this makes you feel. I want to see everybody writing, typing on your phone notes or whatever you got. Oh, you can use the chat. But how does this make you feel reading this story? This is in our Bible, which is interesting. It shows how real the Bible is, that it's not hiding things. It's like, look, we, we this happened and we're going to expose it. And now we got to figure out what does God want us to learn from it? And what do we do with it? Online, hopefully you're writing.
Share your thoughts, your feelings on this. I just this part makes me feel devastated. I can't believe this is in the Bible. Everyone is damaged. How does Yahweh restore each individual from the deep-rooted trauma? Still in all that this story happened in the Bible. Um, it still shows you that God knows how to deal with any problem, issue, mm. or catastrophe. Amen. Anybody else want to share? Mr. Mike. Reading this, reading this makes me feel sad for Tamar because she didn't know what was coming. And when she did see it unfold, she tried to stop it by saying, don't do this. If this, if this doesn't scar her for life, it will scar her for quite some time. Amen. Mickey? Um, it just made me feel like um, since the beginning of time, <clears throat> women have been overtaken while usually trying to do something good or care for someone, if you like a friend or a caretaker, and then put to shame and left to deal with it, um, usually in silence. Suffering in silence. Which one? Thumb, thumb wrestle. No. <laughs> go ahead, Akila. No, you go ahead. Uh, you go. Oh. Yeah. Quit. Go ahead. You go ahead. I insist. Okay, Mama Hill's going to break the tie. We're going to let her go and come back. <laughs> for me, uh, for me, the story, it kind of, you guys know I'm very transparent with my life. Um, having been through being you know do something like that um it, it, it is is very emotional because I could feel Tamar's um hurt 
Is because, you know, you don't have anyone that you can go to and talk to. And when you do go to someone and tell them what's going on, like I was reading back when uh, I know Absalom was, was telling mm -hmm. her to, you know, I'm going to avenge this, but I don't think if she knew that, but to have to go tell somebody and it, and they just shake it off like that didn't happen or, or you know, to try to sweep it under the rug, you know, and, and when I, you guys that sit in the room, when I say this, I got that from my mom, I got that from my husband, I got that from my uh, aunts, I told them the situations of what I had been through, and they just swept it under the rug, so I can kind of feel Tamar, mm -hmm. how she was feeling, and where she's coming from. Yeah. Uh, Lynn, and then we'll come back to the room. Um, with me, the story made me feel sad because I felt like um, she had no she voice had or no choice in the matter. And that um, back in those times, being a woman, you know, you had to do what the men told you you had to do. So when the king told her she needed to go to her brother, you know, she... I felt like she didn't have a choice. And uh, I know one of the, I think one of the questions was, what does uh, it mean? What does God want us to learn from it? Was that the question? Yes. Um, and for me, I felt like um, I, need, I needed to feel heard um, many for many years and, um, and also feel not ashamed for my past. Because, you know, all the traumas and stuff I've been through, I was ashamed of my past. And, you know, God freed me from that. So I'm able to speak freely and, and grow from all the hurt from the past. Yeah. Amen. PC? Um, yeah, I mean, it's not the first time I read this, but I don't know. Every time I read it, I just still feel shocked. Because I'm like, wow, this is seriously, like, in there. Like, this is in the Bible. I feel way about Sam, Second Samuel Kings a lot, so it's like multiple books said to me. So yeah, I definitely put shocked. Um, this is in the Bible. I actually felt mad and sad for Tamar mm -hmm. because like people who I love and hold dear to me have been through things actually very similar to this in a weird way. So I kind of like saw that in the story, so it made me like feel angry. Um, this might be bad, y'all forgive me, but I was happy for Absalom that he got his revenge. That's real though. Cause I was yeah, like, yeah. he took care of business. I mean, probably not the best way of handling on the vengeance of the Lord, but I ain't gonna lie, the, I don't know. It was like, he took care of business. Um, I don't know, I always wanna read this, I wish I would see more from David. You know, um, I, but again, I think it's really transparent because I think when the father's in a situation like that, what can you actually do, you know? And so overall, um, reading with, um, with E, like, man, God literally wrote the Bible and man, there's not a situation in there that, that's not covered. So it shows that, man, God does get us. And so, yeah. Amen. Uh, the slide up on the screen, uh, you guys on Zoom probably can't, you can't see this. But those that are in the room, 
Um, the Bible doesn't use the word abuse. Um, abuse in the Bible is actually sin. And so we have to recognize that because some, you know, and, and, and I don't, I don't want to be mean, but I hear people say, and I'm going to say it's silly, silly things like, well, you're going to have to trust God's plan. Uh, we know that, you know, things happen for a reason. For you at this table, do not accept that as an answer. That's not the answer. It's not accept God's plan. It's not things happen for a reason. Because that is belittling and disregarding the pain and the hurt that people have experienced. In all actuality, this is sin. Yes. It is sin. This, this term, sin, harmatia, uh, 266 in your strongs, means to not hit the target. This was not God's target. This was not what he wanted to happen. This was not in any way, shape, or form within his will or his purpose. This was people missing the mark. And we have to make sure that that is known. Because if we see, if we think in any way that God is involved in perpetrating this against someone, then we don't know God. How can we say that God is love? But yet something like this, he, he orchestrates. That, 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 that is not consistent with who he is. All right. So number number two, sin is emphasized as self-originating. It is self-empowered. It is not originated or empowered by God. By nature, sin comes from man, not from God. That's why men have to be held, women have to be held, people have to be held accountable for their actions, not, well, you know, that was God's plan. No, it wasn't. That's a lie. <laughs> Just because something happens doesn't mean that that's what God wanted to happen. Amen. That's another lie that has been told to us that, well, if it happened, then it must be God's will. No, it's not true. There's a lot of things that happen in this world that are not God's will because there's sin in this world and sin is missing the mark of what God's will is. And so we have to understand this. Sin is an era of understanding. Some people think they're operating in love, but they're not. They're operating in lust. Some people think they're doing the right thing, but they're not. They're covering their own butt. Some people think they're, but they're an error in their understanding of what is right and what is wrong. Sin is a bad action or evil deed in an ethical sense, i.e., 
sinning. So, how many people in this story sin? Well, let, let's let's go through. Who sinned? Call them out.
Not to just bring you to where you were, but to bring you where you were supposed to be all along. And then I love. There's an extra piece. I don't know why this keeps messing up. Don't want me to talk. There's an extra piece that it reinforces you, so that you don't have to be weak again. So that when things happen, you're stronger than you were before. Because emotionally, we already talked about it, a wounded spirit can't handle anything. When you, People who are wounded are very fragile. And that's why God wants to restore them and then renew their mind. Rebuild their hope. Rebuild their view of humanity. Because there's a lot of people that don't trust nobody because somebody they trusted did them wrong. So now I can't trust anybody. I, I don't. Tr I, I can't trust anybody because of this one person. And so in, in this journey, you want to understand that, and, and this is just emotional. We haven't even, we'll get to verbal next week. <laughs> Wow. We're just getting started, y'all. We're just, just getting started. This is just the emotional, because the emotional is what underlines everything. No matter how you've been abused, it settles emotionally. Um, did I send you, um, did I ever send you a copy of that emotion, emotion wheel? You sent it to the women. Is that the one yeah. you sent to the women? Do you have that? Yeah. I have um, make sure before you leave here, uh, let's do a sign up. Can you pass you around? Send it to everybody? Is, do we have everybody's email here? Yeah. Okay. As long as we have everybody's email. Because I want you, um, as we are reading through this stuff, I want you to have your emotions wheel so you can track what you're feeling. Um, and I know this is going to be a, a tough thing for some people because they don't like to deal with their feelings, right? <laughs> but God desires truth in the inward part. And in the hidden part, he'll make you to know wisdom. And so if you don't be truthful in there, then you're going to miss out on the wisdom that's going to help you operate out here. Right? Yeah, you, you, you'll never get healed if you don't be real, that, that, that's just the way it is. And so we, we want to be able to, because throughout the week, you are having trauma responses to things. And you need to stop and pinpoint that so that it can be dealt with. There's things that people say, and you don't know why that triggered you. Right. That's real. Somebody's going through something in their life and you're having a problem. You're like, I just, you know, that's just hard for me. Wait a minute, they need you right now. And you're and, and you're triggered, so you can't help them. Yeah, are y'all with me? You, you you're triggered, so you can't get in there with them. You don't even know what to pray because you're like, I'm so triggered. I don't like I, I need to call somebody else because I don't. 
Okay. Any 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 comments, questions, or concerns before we wrap up? Um, because yeah, we're gonna go deeper uh, with verbal abuse. It's gonna be a lot more triggering because we're gonna go through a list of a lot of things that have been said. We're even gonna talk about brainwashing. So I I, I hope. I hope y'all are ready. All right. <laughs> I hope y'all y'all are ready. Any questions or comments? Yes. So as we're going through this healing process, I have got through a lot of things, but I still I still have symptoms of that. Is that normal, or does that mean I'm not healing? Like, do you see what I'm saying? Well, something that I, I want everybody doing, as we're doing this class, please have a journal. If you want to dedicate a journal, because you need to be writing all of those things down. Because what happens when you write them, it's easier to confront them. When you keep them in your head and your heart, they're not clear. You can't really see what you're confronting. You can just feel it. But when you write it out, it becomes concrete. And now you can see what you're confronting. And so that's part of the healing process. And so you may be getting to the point where you're forgiving or you're moving forward. But writing it down so you can see what you're confronting and then being able to take that to the Lord and asking specifically, Lord, here's where I need healing at. Because a lot of times by keeping it in, I'm telling you, it, when you keep it inside of your head, it becomes kind of murky. It's yeah. kind of like, 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 uh, almost like cloudy. But when you write it out, it becomes concrete and clear, and so you know exactly what you're confronting. Yeah. Amen. And so, everybody, you want to be writing. If you haven't been a journaler. You need to become a journaler throughout this process. You want to be, you want to be journaling, um, because you want to know what you're dealing with here. Any other questions or comments before we? Well, I don't know how the story is. Which story? Uh, Absalom kills his brother. That's not the story. That's the, he kills his brother. Actually, actually, it gets worse because then David and Absalom start beefing. Start beefing. And then he wants to come for his dad's throne. It's a, it's a long. Yeah, it's a, it's a long, it's a long story. Nick. I'm touched by that. I did have a question. In verse 15, it says. Quiet down, y'all. Then Amon hated her. So that the hatred which he had um, exceeded the love. Why did he in turn hate her? See it overtaken her and then he's finished. Well, um, no. This, oh man, you're going to wait till one minute left to unpack that? It, it, this, this happens a lot. Okay, go ahead. You know why he's no longer because she was no longer pure. Yes. Get back 
He got what he wanted. No. Once he once he had did what he did, that was it. It was like, oh well, the chase is over. This is why we want. This is why you know, as a father for me, I want to see my, my daughter, young women, keep yourself pure. Because once a person gets that, you're right. You want them to want you for more than that. If he really loved her, then he would enjoy just eating with her. He would enjoy just having the meal, but he didn't want that. He didn't even eat the meal. He, he never even touched the food. Because the whole thing was to lay with her. And so this is this is actually something that has happened. I've seen it. I've, I've seen it all my life. I've, I've seen it. Once they get what they want, that's it. Mike. Yeah. And we had the Whatever you get, whatever you need to say. I love you. I'll buy you whatever you want. Yeah. And that's why, you know, we find these young girls was worse than the rape. Right. Right. Y'all need to read it read it again. She said the rejection was worse than the rape. Uh Mama Hill, I saw your hand. No, I was just gonna ask a question when you said that I was gonna say uh uh the question was was it easier? Do you think it was easier for him to hate her and reject her like that? instead of facing his own guilt of what he does. You know, that, that's, I mean, that's a good question. That's a really good question. And I don't know if I can necessarily answer, answer it. that. <laughs> yeah, because I would have to know inside his head. I just know the behavior is consistent with behavior that we have seen for thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that, that behavior is pretty consistent. That's why I said this is going to be a difficult story to read. It's very triggering because there's some stuff in here that is, oh, man, you're like, wow. But ultimately, we must understand that whether Absalom was right for what he did or not, the wages of sin is death. Well, clearly. That the the bill always comes due. Because he never repented. He never went back and made it right. He went two years later. He still hadn't made it right. He did not say, I'm sorry, nothing. No one seek the Lord. No, nobody seek the Lord about nothing. Everybody handled it in their own flesh. And so what do we learn about that? Is that if you try to handle stuff like this in your own flesh, it's just going to get more messy. 
Somebody's going to have to stop and seek the Lord. Amen. All right. All right. We're going to wrap this thing up. Y'all y'all, y'all ready for this ride? Look, some people, oh, man. I don't know. Amen. Uh, make sure, make sure you're recycling. We're doing. We're trying to be uh, green, eco-friendly. So make sure you recycle and um, make sure, make sure that Ty has your email for the stuff that we're going to send sending out. Um, and there's going to be a lot of writing like this, so we'll be stopping and writing and, and 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 doing that kind of stuff. So if you could grab you a little journal just for this class, that would be awesome. So you can you can you can write. Amen. Men's group tomorrow, 5.30. Gentlemen, All right? Be, be, be there or be square. <laughs> um, Saturday, no rehearsal. Rehearsal? No women. No women this weekend? Okay, ladies, you got it off. That means y'all better come back in full force next week. Better be packed week Prayer 6 a.m. every morning. Jump on the prayer line. Um, if you need the prayer points, they've already gone out. Uh, be praying with us, even if you don't get on the prayer line. You have the prayer points, so you can be praying um, in unity with the rest of us. And sign up for the potluck. <laughs> Amen. Sunday service, make sure you're here in force. Keep this place full and vibrant and hungry for the word. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this evening. Lord, I pray right now for a deeper sense of understanding of this thing called emotional abuse. And God, continue to heal us um, of the traumas, uh, heal us of our past. And Lord, forgive the sin. And Lord, begin to rebuild. The effects of sin have hurt us so deeply. And Lord, we know that you came to overcome sin and defeat sin. And so, Lord, defeat these sins that have affected us so deeply, God. Lord, I pray for just a refreshing, a renewal as we journal, as we write, bring revelation to us, God, of your commitment to us and your presence in our life that we're never alone, that as we have suffered, you suffered. And you suffered for the sins that uh, came against us, God, and the sins that we've committed, God. And that we will be forgiven, restored, refreshed, renewed, rebuilt, and repaired, God. Begin to work in our hearts, through our hearts, and on our hearts, God, that we may be the people that you called us to be. And God, I pray that as we take this journey, uh, God, you open our eyes and open our understanding so that we can know your love in a deeper and more intimate place. God, we thank you for this evening. We pray that you protect us as we leave from this place, but never from your presence. Go with us until we come together again. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 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 Well, at first night. <laughs>